0: I'll do all the shtick in between and you can just like focus on that. But then obviously because I was doing crazy drumming, I was like, we're Pupil Slicer. Thanks everyone for coming out. I have to <laughs> so say, <I'm>
1: <laughs> to give an outsider's perspective on that show, I didn't go to that show and I wasn't in the band at the time, but one of my very good friends, uh, Slim Jim, James Humphreys, is, uh, went to that show, sorry even, and he said, so I joined Pupil Slicer and he went, Ha, huh, Pupil Slicer. I saw them and he was just sort of staring at me. And I said, Well, what's the issue? And well, I don't, I wouldn't say it's bad, but it wasn't <laughs> exactly right. And I was like, Okay. And he went, The drummer was like out of breath and weird between
2: talking between the songs. <laughs> Welcome to the 43rd episode of The Cast That Ends Creation. I'm your host, Chris Deering. This is the show where I interview MathCore and MathCore-adjacent bands and public figures. If you beautiful people in chat, have any questions or comments, feel free to drop them, in. I'll try to read them aloud. If you like to sub for five bucks, you get access to some exclusive emotes, as well as access to the interviews before they hit streaming services in YouTube. Uh, you can also subscribe for free with a monthly sub given to you from attaching your Amazon Prime account to your Twitch account. It's like taking five dollars from Jeff Bezos' pocket and putting it into mine. Uh, If you're watching this on YouTube, listening to this in your car, and have no idea what I'm talking about, the show is first shown live on uh, Twitch. Join us every Sunday and Wednesday. uh, Twitch.tv slash thecast that ends creation for the live cast. With all that out of the way, let me introduce our guest tonight who dropped their nasty, nasty debut, Mirrors, last Friday. Welcome in, Pupil Slicer. How's it going, guys?
1: I don't (laughs) know. (laughs) It's (laughs)
2: good. (laughs) Yeah.
3: Um, um, Katie and I play the guitar and do the singing in Pupil Slicer. The others want to introduce. Oh. <laughs> okay, um, I'm Luke.
0: After oh. you, after you, Luke.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm Luke. I play that nasty ass slap bass in Pupil Slicer and shout, but not as much
0: as Kate. Um by process of elimination, I'm Josh the drummer.
2: <laughs> Luke, do you actually do slap bass or are you just saying that it it slaps? Nah, listen to it. Oh, Bing, bang, it's, sharp, it's angular. Dude that's fucking it. sick. That's fucking that sick. So, this is a crazy cool name for a band, Pupil Slicer. Did you get the idea after watching that scene in, I don't know how to even pronounce the movie, but Unchin Andalu, where the woman gets her pupils sliced with like the, uh, what do you call it, scalpel? Is that where that came from? (laughs) No? You know (laughs) the scene I'm talking about, though, right? Where like, guys got like the
3: thing? One of our music videos, yeah. Uh, We put that in the LaPel David video, but like, We've been asked that so many times, and honestly, it was just the funniest band name we could think of. And then afterwards, Josh was like, oh, that's like that bit in that film. And then we were like, oh, that's cool. If we'd have thought a bit from that, we'd be like really artsy and cool and creative. But no, it was just a funny joke name.
2: <laughs> you thought it was funny? Like, it's kind of, it's kind of messed up, isn't it? Like, so supposed to be like, what's,
3: the, what's the most brutal, stupid, over-the-top, gore-grind band name you could think of? And we were like, Pupil Sizer. So we used to <laughs>
2: <laughs> Alrighty, that works out. Um, so you guys created your Facebook page in 2016. Is this about when you guys came together?
3: Yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd say like late 2016 is about uh, When we started up.
2: Yeah. How'd y'all find each other?
3: Uh, Me and well, it started off I I Joined a post black metal band uh, And me and the bassist of that band had like leftover grindy riffs that didn't fit in with it so then we wrote like a song and came up with the name thought it was really funny uh ended up doing a whole ep and then we were like oh we need drums for this so then we got josh who was the drummer in the post-flat metal band we were in to do it and then we needed bass so we got the other guitarist of that band so we used all the members of that band rearranged them uh (laughs) uh ended up uh doing the first dp uh and the other two quit it was left just me and josh left with the project and we were like uh well we need we're getting shows let's just do what we want and stuff and then we found um luke on (laughs) joinmyband.com tell me the story
1: kate tell me the story
3: Uh, okay uh Luke apply, was the first one to apply when I got an ad saying we need a bassist and uh, I had a look at his Facebook and it was like all oh, um genty stuff and uh he had dreads and some beers in his profile picture and I was like this guy's not for us. He is, he <laughs> he's not gonna turn up to practice. He's into his gen, he's not into what we're doing, like as uh, stuff. So uh, didn't and then we didn't actually get any other applicants. Uh, uh, did you not? <laughs> no. did you not get anyone else? <laughs> like two, oh, two, three
2: man. months later,
3: I was like, "Hey, dude, the songs. Do you want to learn them on like a Tuesday?" And then on Thursday, he came and jammed with us, played everything perfectly, uh, and we were like, "Oh, this is an instant fit." And then we were like, "We're playing a gig tomorrow. Do you want to do that?" So. He played fair gig with a music stand on stage reading stuff. <laughs> no way, that's uh, crazy. Yeah, like yeah. Three days after I'd sent him the songs for the first time. So Luke's yeah,
0: yeah.
3: he's pretty yeah. good at the bass, the old the old slaps.
0: We nice. we were a lot more like
3: that was like then,
0: important, to be fair. Like it? I think it'd be impossible now, but yeah. still that that was a pretty good like test and you passed Luke hey,
1: thanks i mean it was a good it was a good test of sight reading chromatics at about 200 bpm
0: yeah. sure like in, a really ding- in a really dingy venue where you could yeah. not even see anything yeah. there
1: was this punk band that played called i think they were called snakes they were like a two-piece and the guitarist was just like you're reading music this is insane <laughs> i'm not that comfortable with
2: it <laughs> it's like yeah it's all good bro i met these guys two days ago <laughs> so you guys came from a uh black metal background and a gent background what made y'all want to do grindcore
3: i mean it was sort of uh well we all like various things i think from the start um well it started off with just like we had funny i don't even know what the rest are like i'm not super and in- I, I was only just getting into metal when we started like i'd only been listening to metal for like a year or two so i don't really know the distinction with sub genres and stuff it's just riffs um when did you then, start
2: listening to metal
3: 2015 oh, maybe. jesus
2: that's uh,
3: crazy <laughs> yeah the first metal band i listened to was Death heaven,
1: <laughs> Death oh, heaven yeah. of metal bands
3: he, okay <laughs> well that's why I joined the post black post-black metal band because I was like I want to do something like Death Um but yeah we just had like uh, riffs uh, I wanted to do stuff like Converge and Nails and then the other guy wanted to do stuff like Carcass and that's sort of the basis of the sound we had on that first EP and then after that that guy left and I was like I'd always wanted to do more Mathcore stuff because I'd gotten really into Converge and Dillinger and um and uh, those sorts of bands, and then Josh was really into Rolo Tomassi. Um, That's a simple band. Met halfway in the middle, and just were like, "Well, we didn't really. We were like that. What we want that to be our core focus. Do more stuff like that, but at the same time, not just do that. Like, I think what we like about those bands is they don't limit themselves. Like Rolo Tomassi, will have like really electronic stuff atmospheric stuff as well as like the heavy bangers and the same with dillinger will be like doing pop songs converge will do their like seven minute post metal post rock songs so i think we want that approach of like just do what we want and hopefully it doesn't sound too uh all over the place
1: <laughs> and, Is it worth? i was gonna say kate like the reason that i sort of taps them up was the the cell the of the band <clears throat> was Grindcore, primarily. And I mean, I'm wearing an Obscene Extreme T-shirt, right? So love me a bit of grind. And at that time, I was playing an instrumental band, uh, a kind of, yeah, uh, intervals, monuments, kind of posty gent band, which is obviously really hard work. And I thought, yeah, I can uh, join this this band and, and just mindlessly attack the top two strings with so much fuzz on it and just get really pissed and shout. Uh, and then I joined, and we, well, I mean, we did that for a bit, and then Kate was, what well, went. Um, well, you guys can actually play all the madness that I'm, I'm going <laughs> to write now. So uh, we're re-pivoting towards being a technical math core band. <laughs> like, for fuck's sake, that's not the reason I joined this band.
3: So trick like,
1: Yeah. <laughs> and by the way, I mean, if we can still do a cover of Heartwork, um, Oh, yeah, I would most definitely be up for
2: that That would be sick to hear um, you, I will I would agree that you guys definitely started out more of like straight up like not necessarily straight grindcore But it was definitely more grindcore leaning like uh, more of the old-school like napalm death kind of thing mixed with uh, a little dose of Dillinger and over time it gradually got more uh, math laden and um, you all, Like in your new one, you have a bigger sludgy uh, presence, I would say. And uh, especially your last track sounds almost completely different from all your other stuff because you got actual melodies in there and black metal tinge and stuff. Uh, you even have like leads, which is really weird to hear in uh, Grindcore. The only solo on the album. <laughs> I'm sorry, what? The only solo on the album is on that song. <laughs> right? Yeah, so I feel like this must have been one of your last songs that you wrote, right?
3: Yeah, that was, the. I think, the last song. We had the first 11 done, and we were thinking of doing the album with that. We were like, we were good, we want to put another one. So, Mirrors, and more fun than television, was going to be the ending track. Uh, and me and Josh were sort of working away, chipping away at this, this uh, collective unconscious over time. Like, we've been jamming out parts of it. And uh, we were like, when we, the last time we jammed it, we were like, this is it, we've got to, we've got to do something with this. So I just recorded it on my phone while we were jamming and then uh, just sort of, then later on at my computer, assembled those recordings of the jam into the song and then we used that song. But yeah, I was, I was really happy with that. And I think we're going to definitely, um, Tries to do a bit more in that direction. Yeah, that's, kind of right. going forward. Uh, that's what
2: I was going to ask. If that was the future, it really reminds me of the new uh, "Fuck the Facts" uh, album. Yeah, I, I yeah, assume that, um, you guys are like digging that one, right? I I hadn't heard them until
3: people started comparing them to us. Like, sounds like Luke's heard it, but I hadn't heard it until people were like, "The sizes size is like this because it's weird grindcore." <laughs> <laughs>
2: Uh, so you guys did two splits in your career uh, with Death Goals and Sense Offender. Are these, like, your best band friends? Do you want to talk about Death
1: Goals and then I'll talk about the Sense Offender
2: thing? Yeah. Uh, uh, Death
3: Goals were the first gig we ever played. We just ended up playing with another mathcore band somehow. <laughs> and it was, like so we didn't know any of the other bands on that bill it was literally like one of those ones where you sign up to play a gig and they just put four random bands together we had like a uh indie rock band there was like a old pop <laughs> sort of thing then us and death girls and we we were both like wow you guys are sick and they were like wow you guys are sick uh let's do something together and then we ended up doing a split using that the songs on those splits they were all like sort of leftovers so on both splits were sort of leftovers from when we were writing the ep because sophie had been finished uh about the same time but we hadn't learned it to put it on the ep and then um Spectral and crusher were also written had been written by the time we played that by the time the Death Girl split came out, and then when we recorded uh, Spectre and Crusher, the whole album had been written already. But I was like, I want to release the album. I because with the older songs, I was like, This doesn't, this isn't what I want the band to sound like, this isn't where I want us to go. Uh, but they're still decent songs, and the other two managed to. Convince me that we should track them and record them, so we just like did them in a day and got them released, so we'd have some content instead of like a four-year gap between <laughs> the first EP. And... exact... every time I keep writing stuff and then being like, "Oh, I don't want to release what we've done here because I've already decided on the next thing." Like when the album was coming out, I'm like, "I'm already halfway done with like the second album where I, I this stuff's boring." <laughs> I think that's the not endless not thing. Of...
1: Wait, not, not to um just totally dispose of, of the two songs that she made. Yeah,
3: I wanted to just trash uh, Spectrum yeah.
2: and Crash and not oh, leave
3: no,
2: them. Good. You're like, try try the <laughs> are no, you no, like no. I am where you think that your older material is just like not even close to what you're doing now and you don't even really want to like, you know, talk about the old stuff? Yeah, I, I think my problem with the album, like everyone's favourite songs on the
3: album are like Husk, um, Wounds Upon My Skin, uh, Worthless. Those are, like, really accessible, like, cool songs that people are really into. And I can't stand those songs. We've been playing them live for, like, three years. <laughs> um, but now we're going to have to play them live more. And I think in that context, with pe- more people, like, being there to enjoy them, I think it'll be really cool. But, like, I think I killed them for myself because we played them for so long live and, like, just hearing them that many times, they lose all the magic. Um and now, so now all the songs that are my favourites are just the ones we've never played live, just just whether or not they're, like, the best songs. Um, but, yeah, it's, uh, it's an interesting one. Since Fender, we just, like, met on... I think I really liked them. I saw, like, uh, Christian at Mathcore Index Share their first EP, and I was like, these guys are sick, and they're from the UK. And then just messaged them and was like, do you want to do a split?
1: I mean, <laughs> Which is- But then we kind of cemented that, right? Because then we played that show with them. And we played up in a venue in North London called the DIY Space, which is kind of a a cool venue because it's like a communal space that has like a bar and then it's on an industrial lot, so it's quite big. And then there's, I believe, like artist studios. There's a whole kind of complex thing. Obviously, going to North London is never a pleasant experience. um, (laughs) South London myself. But... um, yeah, we were playing with Sense Fender, and they drove from Scarborough, which I know to Americans, like, driving maybe six or seven hours for, like, one show is fine. But driving from the far, like, northeast coast down to London to play that show with, like, ten people there um, was, a lot of, was a lot of commitment. Who headlined that show? Was that Hexas?
3: Was it Hexus? I think it was Hexas. We've played with Hexas quite a lot. Yeah, they're we a great love band. love Hexas.
1: They tour like the madman and also a yeah. like the band- they were
3: doing like a hundred and twenty date tour. I, yeah. We could have like played with them at the start and the end of the tour, like half a year apart, and we would have like, been... <laughs> For <laughs> them, they just been going. But... There was also
1: a band on that who you'd probably like as well from the kind of math hardcore vibe called Harrowed. Oh, um, Harrowed! Yeah, they're like a three piece, and I give them a shout out because they're down from where I'm based in uh, Kent and the one of the guy in it has a studio and stuff and he records a lot of the local um kent hardcore bands that are starting out and stuff um so yeah harrods are, are a good
2: bands uh from kent i just Shout. wrote them down i'm gonna have to check them out yeah they're good
1: man recommend that and they, so yeah it was like harrods sense offender Fender, and and pupil sizes so you know that's that like 2018 19. Two thousand and eighteen Mathcore Flame.
2: Dude, that In sounds uh, sick though, that lineup would be awesome. Since you guys know yeah. Since Offender, dude, get them to put out a full length. Like I'm waiting for that. <laughs> they're working <laughs> on it, they're working on it, I
3: think. I think they're gonna do an I was gonna say they were gonna do another split, but that they live we sleep one just came out, so oh, I, think I think that
1: didn't was they it. Do that one with Geist? Didn't they do one with Geist?
3: No, they share a member with Geist. Ah, okay. That's what you're thinking of. Guys, I,
1: mean, I mean, it's worth it's noteworthy because Is uh, Andy, who's in Sense Offender, he kind of did he mix and master the thing?
3: He mixed like, and mastered that split, so yeah, because it sounds it sounds,
1: time. like pre the mixing and mastering of that is pretty
3: Yeah, easy. like we, we just like went in and DIY right. recorded it, like uh, a stu- it's not DIY, is it? I it's sort of this, like because yeah, we it did it at a studio, uh. In, like in one go and then just sent it off to this guy and he mixed out of it and then we're good to go and
1: then the only physicals that are available of that were just made by mm. s- was someone in a uh, sharp teeth grinder or was it one of their mates anyway this, some one guy yeah, just made the tapes um, he
3: just emailed us and was like do you want yeah. tapes of your split we were like yeah and we, he was like what do you want what what do you want for it and he was just like i'll just make them you and send you them for free uh and then he'll that's make them. and i was like yeah cool <laughs> that's it i mean it, it took us like a year and a half to sell all those tapes only two years and he just sold like recently and then like the album tapes which instead of 20 of we had 50 of those all sold out before the album came out and now on the second run of them and they're like 10 down on those as well so uh for some reason the new materials going a lot quicker um
2: but it's, it's cool having the older stuff so there's a lot of love happening in the chat right now for you guys uh cricket yeah. slam says such a solid release uh or was it Carlos Pets dogs. hey guys, the debut's amazing, Wheeler Dealer, oh hell yes, People Slicer album is sick. People are loving your stuff. So uh, um, let, let's talk about the new one a little bit. You just talked about the recording process for your last for your split, where it's just you send it off to a guy, he mixes and masters it. For this one, you guys had separate people recording the drums, the bass, the vocals, a separate person mixed it, a separate person mastered it. Uh, just real quick, uh, Mike Malin, I'm Malin, Malin, I'm not sure how to pronounce it, what was Malin. it? Malian? Mike malian okay yeah of, of monuments doing the drums uh adam c taylor is he the film composer who who's this guy? no no Ad,
1: adam c taylor <laughs> adam c taylor is the mastermind and my best and one of my best friends he's in a band called everest queen and oh, they yeah. seriously take a lot of ass i've played shows with them they're kind of like uh mastered on uh neurosis sleep but with a proggy edge but they're amazing but anyway check them out but good
2: research man um, <laughs> well all this is on your pan cam so uh you're, for vocals you had uh someone at another studio recording them then you sent it off to Pedro valiani of uh, frontier at outlier sound to mix it and he sent it off to brad boatwright at audio siege to master it like this is a huge chain in the recording process of like different people like why did y'all go through all these links and what was it like working with this many people where before it was just you guys going to one studio
0: we had no I idea. I think what it was. Um, <laughs> I think it was like I don't know. We want we wanted to do it in a certain way that would let the sort of album be the best it can be. Uh, probably logistically, it wasn't planned to the best, but
3: um, <laughs> logistically, it, was like, it wasn't planned.
1: But economics. <laughs> yeah. I think because, um, it was driven by, like, we, by uh, like trying to do it cheaply, right? Rather than like spending ten grand in a studio or whatever. On, yeah, we
3: didn't want to do it all in a studio at once. It's really expensive, but we wanted it all to be the best it could be. So, like, I think Josh was saying about the drum process. Um.
0: Yeah, I think we wanted to sort of do it with Mike because um, he recorded, funny enough, that gent band that Luke was talking about. Um, he recorded the um, drums for the drummer in that, and they sounded really great. And he, um, Mike, someone i sort of always looked up to, weirdly, he was... Um, he was in the year above me at school, but we didn't actually know each other. But I'd always really loved Monuments because it was sort of that first band that I saw where I was like, man, I could do this. I love metal drumming. And like, he was like a bit of an inspiration because he was just above me in school. I sort of went to some of his shows like supporting like really crazy bands like Periphery and stuff like that. So um, it was a really cool experience recording with him and getting to know him a little bit more personally. And um, yeah, it was just really, it was a really stressful, but also fun four days, me and Kate um, went and recorded it all and it was a good laugh. But I think the guitar tracking was the next thing that happened and that didn't yeah. happen for like months after it. So I probably could have like spent a bit more time like learning the material and stuff because it was quite a mammoth task um recording this album like when we, we were all like broke when we
3: were doing it as well though like so th- that was the main thing of like we did a bit and then we we're like let's save money to do
1: the next
2: bit um, yeah i
1: just bought my house and stuff yeah i was pretty blank
2: <laughs> so uh prosthetic didn't put up money for you guys to record everything y'all did it and then went to them
3: yeah we uh we sent it to them like okay. three days after we got the masters back and then that same day like an hour later steve was like this is sick. I love it. Uh, let me show it to everyone else. And then within a week, we'd be signed. Dude, that is sick. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, we, we came to it with the, like, with it fully formed. Um, That's crazy.
2: Right? Uh, so, yeah, who did the guitars then? How did y'all record the guitars? Because y'all don't mention that. So
3: I uh, I did them at home here on this sofa. Oh, nice. Uh, <laughs> Right. I just plugged into the computer and just played away, and also learned the songs while doing that because they were I hadn't learned how to play them until I tracked them. <laughs> I also like changed half the parts, like the solo on "Collective Unconscious." I wrote while I was tracking it because I was just like, I'm gonna really put a thing here. There's loads of stuff on the, like none of it, like half of it doesn't match the tabs. I've then had to go back and change the tabs to match what I ended up actually tracking in the end, but yeah it was um, I think it was sort of after Josh because I was doing that at home I couldn't think of a way to do it and I had to eventually like move my whole computer into the spare room to track so I could use my speakers and stuff and uh, yeah I DI'd it all here and then for Luke's base I went up to Luke's and uh, Adam tracked it on his laptop at Luke's house so that was all sort of DIY as well um, just DIY. had
1: the in the front room
3: yeah my, then... it's on my dining
1: table, <laughs> yeah, Kate, Kate standing next to me, going, "No, that's wrong." <laughs> da 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 da, not da 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 da. <laughs>
3: <laughs> so, uh, Josh Henley, I'm surprised they've the and haven't tried to murder me yet. Uh, <laughs> so I, was a, I was quite a control freak when we were recording, but it was worth it in the end. I think getting the because uh, like Josh would play the part he'd originally learned perfectly, and I'd be like, "That's sick," and that was perfect. But what if you did this instead, and then get him to do another take? <laughs> no.
0: I think like one example I can think of is like mirrors are more fun and television has a lot of more sort of improvised drumming where it can be a lot more loose and for that we tried so much different stuff and I think the end of it actually where the drums are just really wild and sort of random we just recorded loads and loads of stuff and sort of put it all together sort of in that way so it it, I think it was definitely worth I I think it was definitely worth being like meticulous because I, I, I listen back to that segment now and I'm really proud of it so it's it's definitely is worth sort of sometimes you know pushing each other's buttons a little bit but in the bet with their best interest because it sort of gives you something you're proud of at the end of it
2: right you're all uh uh, pushing each other to do your best
0: yeah it it really shows it
2: really shows honestly
3: yeah, and then I just went and re- actually, I had to record the vocals at an actual studio because I don't have a way to do that at home. And then that's how uh, Cameron from Suffer, his feature, ended up on the album. Actually, because he works at the Satellite, uh, satellite Studios so where I recorded the vocals. And while I was recording Martyrs, he was, like, doing joke low. Because I used to be in a black, black and death metal band with him. Uh, and he was doing, like, lows over the song while I was tracking it to have fun and then i was like those are sick do you want to record them uh because that part was originally for luke uh and he was like yeah sure and i was like well here's the lyrics written down uh i'll go in the others i'll go in the side and record you doing vocals <laughs> he
1: just swap places in there can they're that dope. guy Cam, his band is called Soffra.
3: yeah they're really cool back and down what,
1: what does he call it like war metal
2: <laughs> I don't know if,
1: uh, <laughs> it's like you know, know. really angry and um, kind of death metal guys wearing bullet belts playing
3: <laughs> they're very jackets, yeah playing like the most simple sort of angry response. it's not simple i mean they kicked me out because i couldn't play the parts <laughs> when i was in the band uh, i also was busy with st- i started doing this project so that's why they kicked me out but we're on we're in good terms i mean like cam recorded vocals and did a guest spot so we're all we're all cool um it's should not- i answer the question in chat now or wait till questions? oh later. Yeah, let's do
2: it uh, what's your favorite or most crucial part of your signal chain
3: my, uh, I'm, not, I, I'm terrible with tech, so my signal chain is literally Tuna Whammy Pedal Overdrive.
2: Okay.
3: What do, <laughs> what do you use for your DAW? Uh, Reaper, I think. Oh yeah, uh, everybody uses Reaper, It's awesome. It. I don't know how to use it. Uh, I get loads of latency and stuff. I'm, I'm not good at recording at home. I much prefer playing with the real amp, but my amps at Josh's in London, uh, and I haven't played it for like two years. Um, but, yeah, because it's, uh, it's easier to move to gigs if we've got it there in London than because uh, I haven't got a car or anything, so we just leave it there. But I guess the most important pedal is the Whammy. Because that's the only one that does anything. The others are, like, just, like... I, I use a Memory Man. Uh, I'm looking at my pedal board. I can just show my Um uh, Right here. Uh, so I've got uh tuner. Nice. I've got a loop station, which is just samples for live. So, like, interludes and stuff. Whammy Ricochet. That just goes up an octave. Um, overdrive. And then I've got a... Uh, a reverb which I just put on for like the ending of Mirrors and Collective, and then a delay which is only used to make noise between songs.
2: <laughs> a lot of things for uh, noise and stuff between songs. Yeah, so the only
3: actual <laughs> things are like Whammy, and then there's a reverb on like one section and an overdrive which goes to my 6505, I use that as my amp. Not, not that anyone cares. Not yeah. that anyone cares. No about- no no
1: I was gonna say guitarists care. Guitarists care. Yeah. I was gonna say not that anyone cares about my signal. But I basically just use a sans amp and go That's in. It. Yeah. But that being said, you We're know a, a lot of bass players are on the yeah. dark dark glass hype. But my sort of take on that is that it all just sounds the same. Um and it's not a fantastic bass tone. I might get flames for that by people, Other bases, but I mean, mm. maybe it's because I'm cheap and they cost two hundred and fifty quid. But um,
2: finally, A.O. Psych said uh, said that yeah, they he care. says he cares about your signal so Yeah. So, Josh, what's
3: the most important part of your signal train? The drumstick, I assume.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what any of anyone's talking about. I'm out. Sorry. <laughs>
3: I would say that because drums.
1: the album has gone bad, <laughs> I've made a personal pledge, and I have said this to the band, and I'll say it now.
3: To buy a pedal.
1: I'll one. actually get a proper pedal board. Because I've got a delay pedal, I've got like a Keytron Auto and um, so, you know, I can be Bootsy Collins and Justin
3: Chancellor. Have you um, used those? Not with us yet.
1: Well, yet. I haven't used them. I, I did. you know what? I used them a couple of times. Like in we jam, like, with yeah, the... Like, Wow. <laughs> you know, like that. I'll bring a bit of that and do some delay. Get a couple of different distortions, a compressor, which is very important. I should get a compressor because my, my slap sounds crap sometimes through the uh, direct from the DI into the desk. So, yeah, and then cream the to get a Galian Kruger head, and we're like singing that then. Be
2: sick. So <laughs> what's the setup? Talk to me in two years, and that might be it. <laughs> so you mentioned guest vocals uh, You also got Carson Pace to uh, be on a song And I'm not sure who Gas Rosardi is But I know that's a sick first name Right
0: <laughs> yeah, that's, well, that's quite a weird That's quite a weird one because um, I used to play in a deathcore band um Before the people Slice stuff called Witness the Darkness Um this was like literally like Six or seven years ago and we actually Had Gas as our vocalist but it's only year, like five or six years later when we started playing in pupil size. So we, I think we randomly got a gig with his we band. Bu- no, we bumped so we into like,
3: him first, didn't we? Uh, at the Employed to Serve, like, want Through dinosaur Sound Launcher, I think. That oh,
0: yeah, that's how it happened. First time yeah. we seen
3: him in years. It's first time I met is, him. Yes. Is that his so real we, name, Gas? Yes. Yeah. It's, it's Italian. Yeah, he's Italian.
1: It like, that's crazy. Isn't it? Long? It's like, ga- like Gassius. It's like, it's, it's Gassius, yeah. Alrighty. <laughs> I, just, a crazy I saw name. A gig. Um, I saw Enslaved and uh, High on Fire. Pfft, what a show! Dude, and really? he was just there in the pit uh, during Enslaved, and I was like, "Yes, Gaz, I've heard the I've heard the vocals. They're very good."
0: <laughs> but yeah, he, he in our deathcore band, he was just he had the craziest vocal range. And I think us we we were talking about guest spots, and I was like, if we're gonna get someone in for like this absolute. Massive like breakdown at the end of mi- the song mirrors. I was like, "Gas would be a perfect fit for that." And he came to the studio. I think it took him like two hours to get to the studio. He came for like an hour and just absolutely smashed it out. It, and then it then like, See time. you later, mates. <laughs> like that sort of thing. And, <laughs> and now he's on the album, so it was, that was really—it was a really cool feature. And yeah, I, I, I really like that one.
1: But yeah, he's band called Grey Brain just to be clear, and also just to be clear, they're awesome, and this, like, kind of really uh, I-hate-God kind of sludge.
3: Oh, okay. uh, angry, it's... angry sludge in Doom.
1: But they, like, the guitarists use loads of effects um, and to the point where it's kind of nauseatingly fuzzy, and they do a cover of um, Electric Funeral by Sab, and it's, and it's I like...
3: I feel like Vow a good comparison for them. Huh? you got a better comparison? Vow. I
1: don't know I'm sort of very angry doom. Angry, yeah, angry. That's a good shout actually, because they're not just like doom. It's like very a vi- like visceral, pissed, yeah. off, like actively pissed off doom, as opposed to sort of like let's get really baked and wear some flares, sort
2: of. <laughs> uh, so, my favorite song of you guys—I cannot pronounce the name. I'm going to give it a shot though. Uh, La Pelle du vide. Is that? I think so. I don't know. I'm <laughs> uh, the one where you do clean singing, um, it, it's so good, and you only do it on this one song. But there's a couple of spoken word passages, but uh, yeah, why don't you do more clean singing? Uh, I, I didn't
3: think I could sing. I was only going to get Carson to sing that bit, and then I ended up doing some backing vocals there, and they actually came out all right. Uh, there was a lot of experimentation with vocals because basically I've got no idea how to do vocals, uh, and I was really worried about all of it, like the spoken word, sassy bits, and stuff. Like I was gonna just take them off and do them like screamed because I wasn't sure if they'd work. But then I tracked them and was like, these worked. And then the clean bits, because uh, there's some cleans on Husk as well, on like the bit with the pinch harmonics that's all slow uh, before the breakdown at the end, and uh... High River. Hope you well. Um, the yeah. So all in all, uh, like half the songs on the second album, I'm gonna have clean singing. Now I know I can do oh, it. Nice. <laughs> so, yeah. lessons. Sorry. Huh? You've had lessons, no? Sorry. A few. A you- uh, lesson. Have you
2: had lessons?
3: Uh, yeah, I've been getting singing lessons and stuff. As well, so. Really? That's awesome. Uh, hopefully, no, Yeah, going from all like the Dillinger danger choruses and stuff yeah. and, also,
0: and also wasn't the um like sassy vocals sort of a on the spot thing that yeah that was that an on the spot
3: thing uh no i'd had an idea to do them it, no it's the whispered vocals on uh, uh on worthless um uh, those are the ones that i like i didn't want to do i couldn't find a way to get it as dynamic because like if i shouted it when it was all quiet and then shouted it when it was loud it sort of came across the same so i was like i need to do something uh, so I did, like, whispery things and, like, recorded three tracks and it's, like,
2: bouncing around the three tracks. Uh, there's a lot of cool things. Uh, another <laughs> part that I really liked in that song was the uh, glitchy guitar line. That uh, it, It's like an actual beat. Like, a lot of other bands, they do the glitchy thing and it's just, like, this random flutter of, like, sounds. But you guys made a little beat out of the, out of the glitchiness. So was that something that y'all, like, actually wrote in or is that, like, something that came during production?
3: That was production. That was Peds, uh, like finding ways. I think there was something like, so I there was a lot of annoying things for like my guitar has an ever tune and I don't know where to get it serviced. And it's a bit buzzy and has really bad sustain. So <laughs> a lot of the, so you can't really pay, play pinch harmonics on it. Uh, cause they die out in like half a second and you can't <laughs> really hold notes. Um, like single notes high up uh, so that, that was an issue of like the note had died off and it went to silence on the guitars so Ped put that there to <laughs> cover it and there was problems like I didn't want to put mirrors on the album because I was really upset that the pinch harmonics didn't work and couldn't because I couldn't make them work on the guitar and stuff, and it was really annoying. Like my other guitar's fine. I I only just realised I should have just tracked those pinch harmonics on another guitar. And yeah. I was gonna say, like, why not
2: you just do that? Like- <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. I, I
3: think it was, that yeah, it was towards it was the end. it was towards the end of
0: the recording, and we were all sort of out burnt, burnt out. Of yeah, them. we but like ran on, out of ideas. On yeah. another note, I think we're sort of planning to have more of a close relationship writing with ped because we're yeah. planning to do the LP2 of him as well and um on this one it was more we wrote everything and the glitchy stuff was more of an afterthought but everything he put in and sort of we suggested or he came up with we really loved so maybe there might be a little bit more um creative stuff like that we're going to
3: try and go with like the demos to him first up and then be like Anything like take out sections, tell us what to do, rearrange stuff if needed. Like let's just make this as good as we can together. And I think having that external
0: producer in um,
2: there—more of a traditional producer role. Yeah.
0: Oh, that's
2: sick, man. uh, Uh, So the the bloody screams that you do, and I know it's at least the first and last track. I'm not sure if you did in the middle or not, but like where everything's silent and you're just like screaming uh was that something that y'all like planned on doing or was that another thing of production that was uh you know what i'm talking about right
3: yeah like the bit the quiet bit in martyrs with like the ESPN the screens <laughs> um yeah that that was just sort of that just did that in the studio that wasn't planned or anything that uh, It comes across like,
2: really good it's good at like building that tension and then, i like, expect
3: what. Uh, it's weird. Like every track um, took so long to track, like because um, I can't do vocals properly, and I'm still I'm getting lessons, so I can. But like, I burn my voice out after like an hour or two, so it took like two months to record all the vocals for the album. Um, but for some reason, collective, the collective's almost entirely one take on vocals, and is the first take. Um, just because of the emotion on it and that song means the most to me personally so I sort of um, I went in there I think the first like bits at the start before the song really starts going were like separately done and layered but then everything else um i just sort of did a take going through it and i ended up crying in the booth at the end and we were like Jeez. that's the one we can't do that again uh so just use that and it's not a perfect performance by any means it's not what i'd want it to be but i think the emotion there's more important and i think that makes for a better song having it like that version of it and uh wow I'm really happy with how the vocals came out in that last
2: track That's crazy man, like just thinking about that's gonna make it hit a lot more harder, like for me next time, like thinking about that that's all like all your real emotion coming out into it uh, Speaking of emotion, uh, your lyrics seem to deal with depression and suicide uh, Is this something that you actually struggle with or are you just trying to tell stories?
3: Uh, I think it's, it's more personal issues but probably don't want to get into that sort of stuff um, That's okay. right Okay, that's cool. That's cool. But yeah, this is a very personal album. I think I tried to talk about so like there's a lot of stuff drawing on personal experience, but uh, at the same time, you don't want to just make it really personal. I don't want it to be too obvious about things. So there's a lot of obfuscation of like also telling stories at the same time, like interlocutor. Interlocutor. I don't even know how to pronounce that. and I called a song it um, but, uh, that. Whilst like it's coming from like a personal place, it's also like I'm trying to tell a story in that song at the same time, uh, and a lot of that's that's the case with a lot of things where like I'm also trying to put multiple layers of meaning, so make it vague enough that someone listening can like read the lyrics and take their own conclusion. Um, on, from... the lyrics, yeah. on the
1: lyrics, there was um, I don't know what reviewer it was because we've yeah. like, had one of the many of the kind people that have reviewed the album. I remember years ago when you started writing these you said to me your kind of loose concept was um that you'd have there's like a, a sort of back and forth of two voices one being the captive or the abused and the other being like the, the power and the, yeah and then you use these two different tenses and um, to sort of have that uh, conversation throughout the album and i think definitely one of the um interviews or it's like so, someone picked up on that and they um yeah commented on it and i just thought that was uh that yeah. was really impressive that they picked up on that and they've really um looked at got an in-depth
3: depth in the lyrics oh, yeah.
1: no in, in, impressed it was impressive but i thought i'd met i'd share that with people listening because that was kind of the initial
3: there um, is like yeah
1: there is like an element of that because i, I also, was like kate i've written all these lyrics about em um, doom like the book, Dune. Okay, so I don't know if it's quite going to work for this release, Luke. So <laughs> maybe the next album is going to be a Dune concept album, and plus, Dune's, <laughs> Dune should have come out by then, so the market would just be so ripe.
3: Um, <laughs> yeah, I think I, I think an also awesome, an important thing is like. If you listen to a song like if you think of like your favourite songs and like the lyrics and stuff, you can find lyrics that you really connect to and you really enjoy and like really speak to you. But that's probably like nothing like what the artist intended when they wrote those lyrics. Like you're pulling your own meaning from it when you're reading mm. them and listening to it. Um unless you go and like search for ages to find out exactly what that song's meant to be about. So I think you've got to write it with an element of like having it. So that people can get multiple meanings it can apply to multiple things, so while I've got my own personal meanings with some someone else can have their things and then find something really meaningful in there, so I think that's sort of the approach for so I
0: think it I think it definitely comes across that way like I can sort of look at the lyrics from an outsider perspective, and I think you do have a talent for like vocalizing more universal feelings um then an than a lot of other um sort of lyrics I've sort of read and stuff because it is it is a hard it is a hard skill to sort of vocalise and put down sort of things that relate to people on more a gen on a general level than sort of saying exactly what's happened and these experiences have come from
2: Very true. Um I just wanna remind chat you guys can drop questions, comments anything. Um, let's move on to your artwork. Got, uh, the album art up on screen now. Uh, who did it? Uh, Nick, our friend, uh, my, well, again, that yeah. band
1: was discussed, which is called Crevassian. Um, if anyone wants to check it out. You got I'm all like, the
2: band names, man. You just know everything.
1: <laughs> Crevassian, that's, that's my band with Nick. Uh, Nick Povey did the artwork. Okay. He's, uh, he does lots of collages. Um, and he's he's a good he's a good friend of ours and a very
2: talented guy i uh, saw his instagram also... it looks really sick he does a lot of good art yeah he yep. did the collage for the sense fender split and
3: the and the one for lapel so, david as a single yeah so
1: maybe we'll get next to the, the next one i don't know but um he does really great artwork
0: i think like this one was already already made and i think we we were looking through stuff and i remember i can't remember if it was he the just, conversation like, he between
3: this will be sick, but uh, like he linked it. I wasn't keen on the original image at first, and then like it sat with me a bit, and then like I at it, and I was like, I want to use this for the cover.
0: I don't. I remember have, like looking at it and thinking that is the album cover. Like I had more that feeling. I just was like, yeah, that's that's it, sort of thing. I could just see it. Yeah. It just struck me as a really striking image, and maybe you
3: convinced me. See- that.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know, I can't remember exactly how he spoke about it, but I remember just thinking, like, that. I think once I'd, like, played strong around... strong image.
3: With, I think once I'd played around with it, squared it up, put the text on it, and, the, like, the white square and stuff, because I think that I got that idea from, like... Uh, uh, Dan from Mastiff was saying, like, he'd help with the cover if we needed it, um, mm-hmm. and their covers have that sort of, like, very bold square sort of thing on it, and I quite like that being, like, anger and breaking it up, and, like... The glitchy strips through it and stuff so i think I, I then went and used that um and did all the layout for the lps and
2: uh, the tapes and stuff uh, yeah, definitely fits definitely fits your sound
1: yeah, yeah I encourage people to check nick stuff out like the guy sometimes just uploads him like spitting bars for like 10 minutes and then also <laughs> his drums
0: he tells his me he's finger. got an
1: electronic album to put out <laughs> Um, I, of like lo-fi ambient music or whatever, like Godspeed worship. And then equally, I, throughout lockdown, I've been working on an instrumental kind of project uh, with Nick sequencing drums. Um, and that's kind of uh, like Devil Sold His Soul, Miserable Sad Boy, um, post-hardcore. And I mean, we've lined up... There's another math band from the UK called Lurin'. Um, who are really cool? They're from up north. I think they're from they're Manchester. Man. You know them? Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah so, yeah. They're from, and I think he's he's in a couple of days. He's booked um, some studio time to go and do vocals on it. So, oh, that's- be a little slicer. That's a little exclusive. I <laughs> didn't know about that. That's
3: cool.
0: Yeah, so Maybe that's- this can be the next side project that takes off and overtakes little, you. Yeah, no, 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 so that's
2: just- how <laughs> I <what> we're done. <laughs> <So laughs> Thanks <have enough> <laughs> So you guys did three music videos, and I'm going to be playing them when we're talking about them. Um, who, uh, who did the music videos? Was it one person like, helping y'all with all of them, or did y'all have s- multiple people?
0: Um, chronologically, I think Lapel was the first one we did. And um, I recorded quite a lot of our shows, um, with like a like decent camera I had. And then we sort of went into this first lockdown in the UK, And that's when we sort of knew we were signed and we were going to release that first single as a sort of announcement that we're on the label and then um, it's only later we sort of announced the album properly even though it was ready. But we we were like, what can we do with this footage? Like it's a bit... I had maybe like lots of different angles and Kate had a few um, angles and stuff off of her phone and um, we ended up sort of just um, contacting a guy called um, Art of the Glitch who... Who did like videos for like Solar Jesus and a few other people and more commercial stuff, and um, we sent all the footage off to him, sort of synced to the track. Um, just going to testify, it was pretty close to the recording, even though I don't use a clip, so we, <laughs> we were lucky there. Yeah, um, it was much... We were synced up quite well, <laughs> but um, it, um, yeah, we sort of sent it off to him and got it back, and we were really happy with that one. And we also added um, that um, the surrealist film in as well. Um, as a little sort of homage to the name, and we thought it worked quite well. The lyrics as well. So that's how that first one come 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 about.
2: What uh What is that film from? Or yeah, the the surrealist film from.
0: Don't make me pronounce it. Oh, is that the, <laughs> is the, the one the I was talking talk, yeah. about? <laughs> okay, yeah.
2: okay. I've never actually seen it. I've just seen that one scene with like slicing the people or whatever. Yeah. Okay, yeah. And, you know, I might need to check that out. That because that that footage is sick with like the ants coming out or whatever or the yeah. spiders. I'm not sure what that is.
0: I actually studied that at university, so that's when Kate was saying like, oh it, When when we were sort of talking about how the name came about, I, I sort of knew of that film because it's it is like a really in film canon anyway. It's it's really famous. It's like Salvador Dali. So um, maybe
1: Josh, on the next one, we can put like the Odessa Steps in.
0: Oh yeah, maybe maybe uh, go even go uh, even further. Yeah, uh, uh, <laughs> I don't
1: know
0: what that
1: is. Yeah, I don't either. <laughs> I don't know what, it's, there's a famous like Russian film from the from the twenties or the thirties about
0: it's the um, one where they riot, isn't it? Yeah, it's one about film. the uh,
1: it's about the October Days Revolution prior to uh, the the proper revolution in eighteen, and like there's a it's about the uh, one battleship the Potemkin, and there was like a you know, a riot on that ship and they took it over. And then there was, a I big, think, uh, there was a big, like, kind of riot in Odessa following it. Like, mutiny, that's what I was looking for. And in i Odessa, think the... Re- sorry. Yeah. No, I was going to I say... Thought, I thought, thought you were finished, sorry. Set of, ...set of steps that go, like, from up the main boulevard down to the seafront, because it's, it's on the coast. And there's a famous scene with, like, this pram prattling down the steps and you like stare at the steps and now oh, it's gonna happen to the baby and there's someone at the top like ah
0: that's the famous shot that people would probably know if they haven't actually heard of the thing it's the baby going down the steps
2: that was very good acting by the way ah uh... <laughs> <laughs> just in just a dick Stairs.
1: we're just doing a read through right um, but on, okay, so on the second video... Yeah,
2: which one was that? Was it uh, Wounds Upon My Skin? Was that the second one?
1: Yeah. Yes, yeah, okay. so like, we went up to Manchester to do that and would, um, in this kind of industrial complex, there was like a studio, uh, like a classic North England red brick, uh, I guess 19th, 19th, early 20th century building uh, that was kind of disused factory, but also functional in part. And it had a beautiful sign uh, that was like, watch out for the crackheads because they will try and nick your gear and um, so it's like yeah welcome to 0161 type thing and shout out to my sister who's in that because she uh did loads of uh, she's the lady doing the contortions and stuff oh, in it. okay and she competes in like pole and is uh you know is invested in her fitness and stuff so she did that and then also in the there's some mirrors in that video me and my wife Drove around uh, Kent where we live, picking up random mirrors uh, on Facebook, and I painted them to do that. And then, yeah, shout out to my wife as well because we did a mammoth drive up to Manchester, picked up my sister, came back. It was a uh, pretty pretty full on. But yeah, Dark North Media, Scott does that. And he does loads of awesome videos, uh, and he's previously filmed some playthroughs for me, which is kind of how I, how I know him. And also, shout out! I believe you started a wedding
3: business. Yeah, White North. Which is White North, yes. <laughs> Very there. So, yeah, My favourite bit of trivia from that video is at the end uh, when I it's me in the mirror and I throw the hammer at it, smash the mirror, I missed. Uh, so it cuts <laughs> to the mirror being hit by Josh throwing it instead.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I get all the bad luck.
3: Yeah, <laughs> I didn't want see so yeah, it was my tactical boy. I missed on purpose, so Josh had to take
1: the bad luck. Yeah, when you came them to go and throw the hammer, everyone who was there, like Scott, he's he's missus who was taking photos my sister, my wife, everyone just walked as far away, because Kate's quite like clumsy, let's say. <laughs> so, <laughs> prospects prospect of Kate, with a Throwing hammer, hammer backwards. Tent, yeah, everyone was just like, cover, move as <laughs> high as we can for Kate.
0: Yeah. If anyone comes to one of our shows in the future and Kate jumps in the pit with oh, her guitar, just say like, you know, give it a little bit more breath than you would normally, because you might get chomped in the face. <laughs> uh, like when I tried uh,
3: Nick, the guy who did the uh, the art, I tried him in the head with my headstock once, and he was like bleeding, and I felt real. I was like, oh my god, this is awful. I'm so sorry. And he was like, he was like bleeding. He was like, this is sick, I'm having a great time. <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's awesome, man. Yeah. So does like- your uh, sister a gymnast or wh- what does she compete in? Yeah,
1: she's, so she's like president of the Pole Society at uni, but she's graduated now. But like, yeah, she's, um, her core strength is incredible. And yeah, she's like, does the splits, handstands, all that sort of stuff. <laughs>
2: yeah. That's pretty crazy, man. Yeah, yeah, she's,
1: she, she's, uh, she, she's good, man. at like that stuff. Very impressive. Very impressive. I was trying to I'm see the part out where you threw the hammer. Huh? Yeah, like scary with the hammer.
3: It's
2: in the the outro bit right at the end. Yeah, Yeah, that's
0: gonna be over. Oh, here we go, here we go, here we go. Ah! There it is. (laughs) I have a camera (laughs) editing there.
2: Yeah,
1: Yeah, we keep keep our circles close in Slicer, as this this is showing, like, you know, got got to keep your circles close, right?
2: (laughs) So, uh, the last one, Interlocutor. Uh, tell us a little bit about this one.
0: So that, that one came about because we wanted to do more of a sort of narrative narrative video, just to sort of switch things up a bit. And I think the lyrics for Interlocutor were a bit more personal to Kate, so we wanted to do something a little bit more true to the lyrics that sort of faced the themes of the song headfirst and sort of created more of a sort of narrative idea for them. Which I think came across really well in the end. I think it's sort of it's sort of it's like our lyrics. I sort of I think the video is open for interpretation how you look at it because there's a lot of visual interesting things that happen in it. But um, I think the sort of narrative of it was about the sort of girl recalling her past self and her sort of trauma from her past with this younger version of herself and them sort of ultimately making a connection at the end of the um, at the end of the video. But yeah, we did. Tried something a little bit different with that one. All of our videos have been really—I've loved all of our videos in different ways, but um, that one was definitely the most sort of um, true to the lyrics, I think, anyway.
2: It's also yeah, the yeah. most like production being put into it. Yeah, it's...
3: yeah, we had like get as many views, like half as many views, but cost three times
2: as much. I <laughs> oh, didn't really get like half as many views. That sucks. <laughs> but no,
0: no. It? I'm, sure, so, I'm sure it will pick up at some point. But yeah, it's um. It, I think wounds is, like is a, a one minute
3: spot. <laughs> <laughs> Wounds is more of a more of an accessible banger, whereas interlocutors just like nonsense. Like someone who likes Slipknot could probably listen to Wounds, like if they'd never like listen to stuff more extreme, but. Intrologue to like will filter people out like thirty seconds in when it just goes into like the blast beats with panic chords. Oh, Sorry, <laughs> maggots.
2: Sorry. No. Alienate the maggots. <laughs> 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 so why'd y'all pick yeah. that one then for uh, a video?
3: I think I, I really liked it lyrically. Uh, Which is why I wanted to do it because I thought I'd done a really good job, like thematically and personally. Like I thought it it was quite a good story-based video. Uh, uh, The lyrics were, and then like I thought it was also a banger of a song. It's like one of my favourite Matthew bits on the album. That Uh, (laughs) uh, it's just really intense, and it's got that's it. That's also the start of side B on the LP. So it's like a cool intro into stuff like I, I like i think i paced it quite well i felt quite i spent quite a lot of attention on pacing the album out with like uh so wounds is like the end of side a on the lp with like the outro and then like Intellectuals like the start of the second half and uh it's got like the swell at the start and then i think it sort of leads really well into mirrors and uh, yeah I, th- I think it was just you yeah, know, it seemed to work. It seemed to be a good song to use it. It also shows a very different side to Wounds, whereas Wounds is more four to the floor. Like, it's got mathy bits, but it's a lot more conventional. And then Interlocutor's a lot more mathy, uh, and also has the sassy vocals and stuff. And it, the whole song's, like, one big breakdown riff, getting more more slow
2: as it goes on. Uh Someone's got a little bit of static happening on their end every once in a while. I don't know where it's coming from. But, uh... So you guys released this through Prosthetic Records, which is a gigantic deal. Like, you, I, I remember the uh, announcement being up on Facebook, and me going to go check out your profile and stuff, and you are know, like 1,700 people or something, like not, not super big. Uh, I was surprised that Prosthetic wanted to work with you guys being such a small band. Not that you guys don't deserve it, your music's insane, but they usually don't work with, you know, bands of that size. So, how did y'all get their attention? How did y'all uh, get signed?
3: Yeah, we were. it wasn't 1,700. It was 700 likes when we announced our signing. Okay. Uh, we're now at, like, 2,700 um, in, like, three months, uh, which is insane. But, uh, yeah, uh, exponential growth, yeah. Um, the, I just, yeah, I sent the album to them. Uh, like, uh, Ped had said, like, we can use his name and we need to use all the names we can to like, try and sell ourselves. So we're like, uh, we're pure precise. So we just recorded our album with Mike Manning of monuments and ped from frontier slash sections, blah, blah, blah. And I sent that off to loads of DIY labels and stuff. And then like on a limb, I was like, uh, on a whim, not a limb. (laughs) I I was like, I will just send this prosthetic. They've got loads of sick bands. They've got gift from God Vane, rest meat razor. Uh, just just sent it out. Didn't expect anything back, and like three hours later, um, yeah, Steve was just like, this is sick. Uh, he was a massive fan of Ped's work and Mike's, uh friend of Mike's, um, already, and I think if we hadn't worked with those people, we might not have got picked up. Like, he listened to it because he was like, he just responded to like, I listened to one song, it was great, anything with Ped's name on it is worth my time. So, I think if we hadn't had it it was like who we knew and stuff and being in the right place at the right time uh and i think a lot of it has been like right place at the right time like we've been doing really well with like um getting articles about us publicity uh all the pr and stuff and i think that's all just been right place at the right time because i don't think we're doing anything um well there's two angles to it like there is a combination of right place, right time, and another thing of like we want what we're doing to be as good as it can be. So we're taking our time with stuff like this album. Took it was finished writing in like October twenty eighteen, and it wasn't mastered and done till like May last year. So it, it's been a long time coming. Like we wanted to make sure it came out as good as it could. Um, I think.
1: I think to summarize, it's like meticulous.
3: Meticulous and luck, uh, both coincide
1: oh, I was going to say, I was going to say fortuitous and meticulous. Fortuitous. Fortuitous and meticulous. Fortuitous, thank you, yeah. Fortuitous <laughs> and meticulous. A combination of the both can lead yeah. to great things.
2: <laughs> what was the coolest uh, bit of promotion that you guys uh, had?
0: What's I the mean, thing that me, you saw me, you were like, holy for, crap.
1: For, you go, Josh.
0: For, for me, it was definitely getting played on BBC Radio 1 on the rock show, like it was um, picked up by um, Daniel P Carter, who's nice. sort of a big name in the rock and metal scene. Um, and we were so, nice. so surprised that he, when we got played, when we got played by them um, and that was a really cool moment. Cause it was sort of, for me personally, it was like quite a, a you know, I think metal, this sort of craziness of metals, really extreme and stuff. But, I, you know, found a bit of common ground. Cause my parents obviously know BBC radio, so we all listen to it together. And we're in this horrible lockdown at the moment. And it was just a really nice moment to have it sort of on our national radio. So that was so cool. That is yeah, crazy. Radio yeah.
1: The Radio 1 thing, definitely. Because I've been listening to Radio 1 Rock Show for like forever. And the punk show RIP, um, which isn't on the BBC anymore. But yeah, like Daniel Picaro, I guess is like, do you know do you know who John Peel is? No. Well, he was like the kind of music mogul in the UK that discovered a lot of like those extreme, like a, f- a famous example is Napalm Death. So like he was on Ra- he was on BBC Radio and he like championed Napalm Death and Carcass mm. and Morbid Angel and all those like extreme metal bands uh, from the nineties. And I guess obviously John Peel's passed now, but. Uh, an equivalent to me, at least, would be Dan P right? And um, mm. given his position on the same station and stuff, so to me, it was kind of like, oh, Dan. And yeah, as I was as I was motioning, he's played it. Tw- he's played us twice. So, Dan, cool, third time, please, mate. <laughs> <laughs> <Third>
3: time. <laughs> yeah, I tell you, that's the same. Right? I also really like the um, revolver piece that just came out. Um, that's going to be in the spring issue. It's also on their website, and that was like a really in depth chat. Although it's like. Yeah, it's, made, it's been made to sound a lot more, like, uh, heavy than the conversation was when <laughs> the interviewer I was just, like, chatting about my life, and then it ended up being, like, a super well-written, like, in-depth life story of, like, how I got to where I am with playing music, but uh,
2: that one's really cool. I, I did read that been- article. It was really good. <laughs> it is. We've been
1: reviewed by Dom Lawson a couple of times as well, who's, yeah.
2: like... not sure like- like editor in Chief at
3: Metal Hammer as well. Yeah. Oh, Okay. <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah, like, personally, on Instagram, I have his thing when he's, like, listening to. And I'm like, oh, Dom is now listening to my bad.
2: That's
3: <laughs> great. That's awesome. <laughs> uh, right Act podcast, Rampree's review of us was cool just because um, I've been friends with him for years. I uh, met him at, in New York at uh, Dindra Escape Plan shows, and, like, yeah, he, I think he uh, does stuff for, like, Hammer and loads of UK newspapers and stuff and uh yeah that was that was cool to hear his thoughts and also the guy the other guy on his podcast is another guy who works at metal hammer wrote our reviews in metal hammer so it's sort of all everyone knows everyone (laughs) I mean, on on the metal hammer front we also
1: did an interview for metal hammer greece and we've got one coming up for another we've got a
3: feature coming up in in metal hammer uk uh next month as well yeah
1: where are they portugal uh, spain
2: Germany dear
1: (laughs) Man, y'all's heads
2: must be just spinning from all of this. Like is it ever feel like overwhelming?
1: Yes. Yes. That's very wrote that same word to to the guys this morning in our like uh in our chat that we have. I said, Are you not a bit overwhelmed? And I was I said
3: I am. I ended up in hospital. Really? yeah i mean i don't know if it's ever late i think uh i thought i was having like a heart attack the night we were played on radio one it wasn't related to that i just felt like that i ended up in hospital like got home and they were like i don't know what it was it might have been like a panic attack or anxiety attack and yeah, it was terrifying but like i think yeah it was an anxiety
1: attack because you were like oh no more than 10 people might come and see us now
3: <laughs> but oh. yeah so I, i'm definitely feeling the pressure <laughs>
1: Yeah, the difficult sophomore album is already playing on my mind.
2: Right, right. You're going to have to top this one next time around. Only because, like, a consistent part of what
1: nearly every single review says is, this album is dope, but
3: I can't wait to see what
1: these guys <laughs> do next. So, like, I was talking to my wife last no, night. No,
3: I don't feel the pressure because I've already written uh, most of it. So, I'm awesome. like, I know... We'll... <laughs> how it's going to be so, and i'm happy with where it's going so yeah
1: i was like i, hope I don't care know. what people think
3: Bangers in the chamber i think I the, the main the main things i take <laughs> that i'm really happy about is all the things reviewers are saying is like i want to hear more of this stuff these are my favorite tracks and stuff those are the exact things which i've thought and am doing more of in the second one so i'm like perfect is uh, <laughs> hopefully people will be happy
0: it's definitely ratified a few things that I was had doubts about on the album as well, which I think is good because it's good to know that um, sort of people are thinking the same things that we are about LP two. What
2: were some of the things you had doubts about?
0: I, don't, I think like stuff to have like a little bit of breathing, more breathing room on the album. Um, you know, maybe sort of home in the, home in the writing in sections maybe um you know more hooky mathy bits of it more mathy and interesting like I think we sort of already had them sort of thoughts and then um we sort of seen sort of similar people sort of say that they have them similar thoughts I think a couple of production things people said I was a bit like oh yeah i kind of yeah my production I was bit.
3: not entirely happy with how the guitar tone came out on this but what well, everyone's like, the same things people don't like about the guitar tone when people have had a problem with it and the things I had. So uh, there's not really been someone criticising something I really liked about the album. It's just been stuff where I'm like, yeah, I felt the same. I would change that in future. And also, like, the main thing, see, it's like, if this is our calculating infinity, the next album would be Miss Machine. And that is, like, a few people have said that, like, is that the direction this is going to go? Because Collective Unconscious is more like that. And, like, honestly, I've already been writing that. And, like, it is that direction because it is, like, half the songs have clean choruses now. And, like, uh, whilst there's not less math, there's probably more math because the mathier bits are, like, unplayable to me at the moment. And I can't wait to have to learn them. It's going to be great. And then then (laughs) LP3,
1: LP3, we totally dish the – we totally, like, just get rid of math and we just go full metal. And it's like playing Judas Priest the whole
2: time. What I'm talking about? That will be yeah. good. Yeah. Get up there in full me- me- uh, leather outfits and stuff, and bring on the motorcycle. Like you know. Oh, yeah. oh Dude. yeah. I mean,
1: Kate could be the next metal god. You know what I'm
2: saying?
1: <laughs> By the way, like Judas Priest are meant to play a festival, um, the one of the main festivals in the UK this year, and I hope, I so hope they do because. Man, I fucking love Judas
2: Priest. I've never dude. seen them. I really want to see them. <laughs> yeah, I think man. I saw him one time uh, with, uh, what was it? What do you call him? Heaven and Hell? Ronnie James Dio? black Oh, my God. Dude, I was so glad I got to get, see that before he died. Like, oh, it was amazing.
1: I saw that at Hellfest, man. Like, Dio. Uh,
2: oh, fuck uh, yeah.
1: He's,
2: he's the real goat. He's the real goat. True. So, what's it like being a band in Britain? Is there a huge scene for mathcore? Uh, we're not, like,
3: super in with the scene. Like,
2: we know all the...
3: It's, it's not, like, a one-genre scene. It's, like, a general scene. We're definitely more in the hardcore scene than we are in a metal scene. Um, yeah, definitely, yeah. There's, yeah. There's, there is a metal scene, like, because when I was in my Black and Death metal band with the corpse paint, that was part of the metal scene and all the metal <laughs> bands awesome. knew uh, But uh, now we're in, like... Um, now we're in like this uh the hardcore scene there's 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 it's less it's not a central thing like it's not like all the bands are in london they're all over the country but everyone knows everyone everyone's friends with everyone everyone's super nice super kind people um really cool bands um Uh we haven't really played with the bigger names, because uh, I feel like they've sort of moved up a rung whereas we're more in the like just playing local stuff uh with people like Well now you've
2: moved they, up that rung too, like you're you're on that well, level, right? like
3: now. Bands like Employed Servica, um Rado Tomasi, uh Conjurer Load are all like phenomenal bands. It'd be really cool if we get to play with them one day. Hey, I Like
1: on, I have my one of my bands have played with Employed to Serve in yeah. probably like 2016 in a place called Wellenborough.
3: Yeah, they've blown up like in the last really? four years. Or I saw them like opening yeah. a free entry event, a free entry show in London uh, with Full of Hell once. Nice. That was the first time I saw them. That was so sick.
1: We played with them in this pub, which. Is uh, you know, there's that meme of like the band looking at the stage, and it's like, is that the stage? <laughs> and it's like two It literally was like that. Like the fruit machine was like behind the drum kit. A fruit machine being a slot machine. Okay, I was going to say,
2: what the heck's a fruit yeah, machine? Okay, so
1: fruit being a slot, <laughs> not an actual fruit machine. <laughs>
0: And like, you don't have fruit machines in America? Oh, we yeah. got slot machines. We got slot machines. Oh, there's vending machines stop.
2: that'll give you an orange <laughs> or something, but uh, I, f- I figure that's not what you're talking about. <laughs> no, no, I do, no. The thing of that is they call them fruit machines because they on the
1: dials have like the fruit one, right? Yeah, so yeah. In yeah. London slang or whatever, that's called fruity. <laughs> anyway, we played with employees just to spend summer. ten quid and
0: on the fruity.
1: Sorry. I swear to God, there was like again no more than ten people there.
3: we're we're playing our gigs to 10 people and then in four years we'll be on the cover of crying like employed surf but (laughs) i don't know i'm not in it for the fame i just want to play i just want to have fun like we're only doing this because we have fun doing the movie. We're not making money. We're fucking like... $6, no, no, that's not true. We're
1: getting, we're getting cost neutral. We're getting cost neutral.
3: We're getting closer to cost neutral now, yeah. <laughs> but we like poured so much money into this and we're not in it to make money. Like the dream is the money we spend on the band, we get back in like fans enjoying it and buying stuff and then we can use that to make more music because like really, we just like really enjoy making this music and we're well, playing- like,
1: hey,
2: they need the Metallica money. <laughs> I was gonna say you're gonna be rolling in that grindcore money pretty soon, you know. <laughs> yeah, I don't want
3: to be. I don't want to be suing people. I, someone like earlier linked me like a raw site, like a site like that, like mirrored the album just to download for free to pirate. And they were like, "Oh, you can click here if you want to get it taken down." I'm like, "Why would I want to do that? I want people to hear it." Like, right?
2: Yeah, you're never gonna the take God. them all down anyway. Like, and people can just uh, listen to it on Spotify, it's so like, it's like yeah, it doesn't matter
3: someone streams it, a th- like a thousand people stream a song or one person illegally downloads the, uh, the album and then buys a shirt, that one person who bought a shirt has done ten times as much as the thousands of streams. So,
2: like, Agreed. Yeah, to as- the- personal- be true. I have a personal rule,
3: which
1: is that I do download music illegally to listen to on my phone so I don't want to use my data. But if I listen to that album more than five times, I have to buy it. Because at that point, oh, yeah. I actually quite like it. Like, yeah. that's my, like, that's my personal rule. That's a good rule, I like
2: by it. Or buy yeah. a show.
1: In some way, support the band, because it's like, you need to stop taking the piss now.
0: And, put yeah. your <laughs> and buy a That's
1: my rule.
2: So you guys yeah, have yeah. played some shows.
0: Pirate um... mirrors now. Sorry. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you guys have played some shows. What is your best show so far? <laughs> It's I not the, the song. Song.
1: one. of my favourite shows I've ever played is I got one of my death metal bands got to support Decapitated. That's one of my favourite shows.
3: Ooh, nice. That's not pupil slice me.
1: Yeah, but it's, he said, "What's your favourite show?" Oh, <laughs> 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 well, what's your favourite uh, pupil Slice's show? How about that? The the, the uh, we I like I really like playing at the Dev in Camden. The Dev's like a really famous uh, metal bar, I guess. And a, a comparative one would be like. Sent by us or something, but way smaller. Um, but yeah, it's, it's that's like one of the main spots in London to play. Um, yeah, we played there with Godmother, because like the sound desk is really small, like twelve track, like next to the till at the bar. <laughs> it's like so small, but yeah, it's like the, one of the main metal spots in London. Playing yeah, the there,
3: was, we were there with with uh, Godmother, Alencas, Dead Hands, Absentees, and another band i'm sorry
2: (laughs) it's like one of those places that's on your bucket list so you gotta check it off
3: But, but yeah like godmother there was insane like uh we were we were they were like climbing and everything and we we played quite early we we were meant to like third up but then like the two opening bands both were like, yeah, we're not going to be there in time. So we had to open instead. Um, it was still like fairly busy, but by like the end of the night, it was packed and Godmother were like climbing everything and hanging upside down off everything. And like, yeah, you know, the, the usual thing they do, like being like the band that Ben from just says is like the next Dillinger. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. My, my favorites probably like Josh was going to say one. i let him say his one. So I'll pick.
0: Another oh, one.
3: Like Do you want to say yours first?
0: Oh, Maybe. I thought you were like leading me in there. Sorry, go
3: on. Oh, okay. Well, I, I was just cause you were going to say the change one, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. yeah so, oh, I,
3: so I will saying like the the Frontier one. Uh, we played with Frontier and uh, like memed our way onto the show <laughs> like, um the the venue was like what uk band do you want to see support and we got all our friends to put pupil slices there <laughs> to find none of them coming and us like bringing no one to the show which was really bad um but that gig was insane like we were playing and we Right, we looked out into the crowd. That was my first time on uh, vocal duty as well, because our singer quit like two days before. Um, I had to learn all the songs uh, and play them at the same time, which was not fun, uh, very scary. And then we looked out into the crowd, and I was like, there's all of Employed to Serve. There's someone from, like, uh, okay, all other bands were there, Josh.
0: Like... I remember the dudes from Tesseract were there. I was like, damn. My <laughs> yeah, childhood, childhood favourites. <laughs>
2: yeah, that was,
0: that was really cool. Yeah, Did you like a...
2: feel a lot of stress doing that and like seeing these bands that you look up to out there in the crowd watching you?
3: I think once you start playing it's like it all goes because it's just like
0: yeah, it was, it was really fun once we actually started playing, but I remember like we had like a little dressing room and I was like poking my hat head onto the stage and I was like this is so much busier than our usual shows and I think I actually remember doing all the sort of shtick between the sets. I had like a little microphone set up just purely for that. You were doing backing vocals then? I did a little bit, yeah. But I think I wanted to like take the pressure off of Kate a little bit because she was doing the vocals for the first time. So I was like, I'll do all the shtick in between and you can just (laughs) just like focus on that. But then obviously because I was doing crazy drumming, I was like, we're Pupil Slicer. (laughs) Thanks everyone for coming out. I have to say...
1: (laughs) To give an outsider's perspective on that show i didn't go to that show and i wasn't in the band at the time but one of my very good friends uh slim jim james Humphreys, is uh went to that show sorry even and he said so i joined pupil slicer and he went huh pupil slicer i saw them and he was just sort of staring at me and i said well what's the issue and well i don't i wouldn't say it's bad but it wasn't exactly (laughs) right and i was like okay he went. The drummer was like out of breath and weird between talking between the songs. <laughs> so, awesome.
2: And then, um, and then he's
1: been to like most shows that we play. He he comes. To, he's come to like, a load of them, and he was like, since I kind of joined, it like filled the hole. And he was like, you guys are now like a unit. um So yeah, and he I was talking to him the other day. So you know, he's been he's been he's been with us since that point basically. So that's been a lot of a lot of evolution and growth since that point i think my fellow bandmates would agree
3: did you say you had a dressing room for that show yeah we've had a dressing room for like two shows i think two or three fancy it's very fancy. <laughs> well uh this is the other show where we got a dressing room, uh we play, we were opening for this gig. It was like at Boston Music Rooms, which is like a pretty decent venue in London. We were like opening it. We played our set, had a great time, got like a bottle of whiskey between the three of us. This is before Luke joined. Uh we finished that, we were really drunk and then we were like we should have just been like chill for the evening, but we were like, let's get another one. So we got another <laughs> bottle of whiskey. <laughs> Started drinking that, and then like halfway into like the third band, I like smashed my face. Uh, I was headbanging too hard, smashed my face into a monitor, and had to go to hospital. Jesus. Um, I'm very accident prone, uh, and I've got I've still got like a scar on my yeah, face from that. So uh, the lesson from then was like I've just stopped drinking really since. Uh, but uh, yeah, that was there the, So don't get drunk on the. Literally, and on having a dressing room. <laughs> uh,
2: Josh, yeah. what was your favourite show?
0: Oh, yeah. i <laughs> just sort of go off on one there. Um, we did, like, a really um, sort of DIY punk show with our mates in Chind, who are, all share the same members as Death Goals. So, like, the, um, the brainchild of um, Death Goals is our mate Harry, and he plays drums in Chind. And I think the vocalist is now the drummer of Death Goals, if that makes sense. And then, um, um, so like, we we played like a little DIY show of them. And it was our last one before lockdown. And it was like, it was pretty packed out. I think there's probably like 80, 90 people there in this like really tiny underground bit of a pub. And it was just like, it was just really good times, drinking, chatting to friends in between sets and like, all yeah, the bands, really bands
1: were really good as well. you know the yeah. thing about like shows like that right so hardcore shows at metal shows yeah no one really cares about the earlier bands or before you play so they'll just be outside having a smoke at the bar at hardcore gigs people actually just come and stand at the front and stare at you and <laughs> wait till you play and i remember we were like sound checking and i was like babagabagab and these and then these hardcore kids were just like yeah. <laughs> I was like okay, these guys are actually pretty intense. Let's see how this goes. But yeah, that that show really popped off and there was another band that played called um Shooting Daggers. Shooting Daggers, yeah. There's a couple of women in 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 the well, maybe they're all women in the band. There's like one guy but yeah. They were like really cool um really cool like mathcore. Like, I do no no like they a punk were math they were
3: very shit. punky like yeah. Fuzzy punk. They were cool. They asked me to be their lead guitarist, and I was like, "I can't travel to London more than, uh, more than I already yeah, do." They do actually. Yeah, Yeah, that's so, true. But, uh, not that good. I would have done it but if I lived in London. So, what was y'all's worst show? The one where I smashed my head and had to go to hospital.
0: <laughs> I think I think the one that's on YouTube was pretty bad. Like we got one oh set yeah on YouTube. And the now well, it's got so many views <laughs> because it's our only live live one. But it, was it wasn't hard that hard. bad. But I remember a lot of things went wrong in that in that gig. Um, the main thing was, like, I think, like, you, you fell over and, like, your guitar strap broke, so you had to play it on a stool.
3: Yeah, I had to sit down and play on a stool because of the cursed cowboy hat we were wearing. Uh, the cursed cowboy hat. Yeah, no, to be fair, you
1: were sort of kneeling and someone, like, put the mic down so you could do your pedals. And then like in between a song, I was like, Christ's sake, can someone get Kate a stool, please? And then like someone brought over the stool. So at least then, like when the key change happens, you can like stand up off the stool. And play yeah. I like this. But yeah, um, that, was a, that was a weird show. But that was in Stevenage where lots of the people we've spoken about, Chinned, Death Girls, Everest Queen. Who else is in Stevenage? Uh, Skullfucked, who are awesome. Shout out to Mori. There's, like, a pub there called the Red Lion. So Stevenage is, like, near where Nebworth House is, um, which is, like, a famous uh, rock... Uh, not venue, but, like, a, a, an outside space where they have had many, many famous rock events, like, in the UK and in the Red Heart... Sorry, uh, the Red Lion. They've got all the posters from, like, when Zeppelin played there in the 70s, and they had Sonosphere there, I think, as well, and, like, you know... Genesis and the stones, and like all of that, but yeah, shout out to Stevenage. But maybe don't visit it because <laughs> it's not that actually great. <laughs> Did you say there was a it cursed was like... cowboy hat? Yeah. yeah, yeah, we bought a cowboy hat up on the gig, uh, for so the it, gigs we, yeah, <laughs>
3: anyway. You brought it for the gig, uh, and I wore it for that set, and then my guitar strap immediately broke at the start of the set. And, uh, and then I wore it on my head for the rest of the set while sitting down playing. Uh, and I think there was Ow, one... I think there was Oh, Oh, you've got it. This is the hat. There was one other gig where I had that hat and stuff went wrong at that gig as well, I think. Why do you still have it? If,
2: if it's cursed, why do you still have it? Luke enjoys cursed memorabilia. <laughs> 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 the
0: stream's going to crash or something now. Yeah. <laughs> I was dog slicer.
1: You got to, that, that, that was my
2: that was my props. A dog and a, Ooh, we got a little doggo. <laughs> 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 so we have a question that we ask everybody here. How do you dress your hot dogs? Uh, I'm mustard. Mustard. Uh, okay. to in, mustard. Cheese. Just mustard?
1: No hot hot mustard. Hot mustard. Like, okay. sorry, French, They're They're French mustard. mustard. French mustard. Yeah, maybe maybe a bit of mayo. Is that sacrilege? Not really. It's weird, but you know, <laughs> if you're, you're, Europeans are a more into mayo, right, than Americans.
2: Uh, I I like mayo. I like mayo. I wouldn't put mayo on my hot dog though. I think it's more like a ketchup and mustard kind of guy.
3: I'll go classic American ketchup, mustard,
2: onion, maybe a bit of cheese. Onion,
0: fried onions. yes. fried onions. Yeah, yes.
2: fried
0: onions, yeah. Oh, ketchup? just ketchup for me.
2: Okay, simple oh. man. Man, a simple taste. I like it.
0: <laughs> yeah. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> just <Dude>. some ketchup.
2: <laughs> anyway, there you go, man. Uh, what was the last album you listened to?
3: I I didn't know. Oh, I I checked I checked last.fm. Apparently, it was our album. I listened to it when it came oh, out. So okay.
2: it at uh,
3: Trying to before, beef up
2: those, those streams. Yeah, listening to it once.
0: <laughs>
3: we're now like twenty k, and I, my one listen seems insignificant. <laughs> Um, the last actual album before that was Only Love by the Armed, which is
1: nice. really cool. Yeah. Like is, uh, I've been trying to get more into like doing exercise during lockdown um, okay. and get a bit, get a bit more lean. And every single day for about a month, I've listened to Excalibur by Mindforce. Do you know them, they're, yeah. like, they're like this kind of uh, hardcore band, I think, from New York. But it's like they play kind of maiden-esque and like priest kind of riffs with like a crossover vibe but also like really straight up terror uh mad ball kind of hardcore and i just listen to that and punish myself and I'm, i really i really should buy that one actually by my own rules um they sold out so you go we'll buy a shirt buy a sh- i can't like <laughs> like they're like an hipster hardcore band apparently i don't okay. know i can't buy any stuff <laughs> But yeah, mine
0: falls. They're great. <laughs> mine was, um, do you know MF Doom, the rapper? Yeah, yeah. Oh, nice. Um, to that? Weirdly, like I, I was listening. To, I, I sort of went through a phase where I was listening to him loads, and then stopped listening to him. And then obviously we had the sad news that he passed away on New Year's Day. And I've sort of been diving a lot more into his like older albums. So I was listening to um one of his like pseudonyms, um Vaudeville Villain, today, a good um movie. which I've heard quite a few times, but. I was, it's really weird. I was just sort of have it going through all the lyrics and stuff because he's definitely one of them artists where you need to like read along because there's so many like double meanings and stuff. But yeah, I was, I was listening to that again. It's a really good album.
1: I listened to that Doom album with um, one of the dudes from Wu-Tang. Is it like Ghostface?
0: That's pretty good. Ghostface, cool. I haven't heard that.
2: Yeah. I think it's Ghostface. Anyway. I yeah, never then. really listened to it. I just know who he is.
0: Yeah, he's he's a really good. Like, I don't really listen to much underground hip hop, but he's definitely one of my favourites. Like, I definitely fit the sort of archetype, just nerdy (laughs) sort of (laughs) music guy who just only listens to MF Doom, but I I do really like him.
1: On the hip hop vibe, on the UK um, scene, gets just put an album out, um, and that's that's pretty awesome. Sorry, yeah, I try and listen to more grime than like us stuff because with the guys from london and up north and stuff with just the grime scene and like uk hip-hop out in the west country they just they speak language that i i talk about and they use you know jokes and adages and stuff that i say and i find i can relate to that more and vibe with it and but saying that like i love the game so i
2: mean what was Arkham. y'all's uh, album of the year, either for last year up to now? I know it's pretty early in the year, so you might not have one. But uh, yeah, last year then. Uh, too too
3: many to pick. Like last year, so like I had we had the Loathe album, we had the Code Orange album, we had uh, the One Five Six Silence album. I've got my One Five Six. Hey, nice. Oh, uh, well, there was there was there was a couple more as well. Like. I'm
1: forgetting. Hey, I'll hit some while you think, right? Because you mentioned this when we came yeah. on. I wrote some down. So you've got <laughs> Exist, Ego Easter. They're on prosthetic as well. That's like sort of wow. spacey tech death. It's awesome. And Benighted. They're like a, uh, like right a death metal. Band. Yeah, yeah, oh, that's sick. But especially that track with the dude from Hatebreed on. That's jamming. There's a band called Fenn from the UK that are like a post black metal progressive band. They put out an album called Deadlight. Which is amazing. I got to see them the last the last show before lockdown was to see Fen. That's great. Abysmal Dawn was fantastic, which is like really uh, chaddy sort of aggressive death metal. Yeah, those guys are just... like sick. Yeah, you know. Them. Yeah, they're great. Oh, yeah. Do you know Winterfelleth? They're like a, a UK no. black metal band. The kings of UK black metal. Uh, Winterfelleth was great. And I also wrote down that last year I listened to a lot of Trapped Under Ice uh, and went back through their discog. In terms of this year. Humanity's Last Breath, that album is just mad. So many cool sounds on it and beatdowns. Wolf King, who I think actually are on Prosthetic as well. Yeah. Yeah, Wolf King are pretty dope. And then yesterday, one of my good friends recommended uh, an album, uh, sorry, a band called Turbulence, who I think are kind of like, I'm not sure where they're from. They might be like Turkish uh, from the Middle East or something, but it's like dream theatre worship,
3: and I love it. Um, I haven't heard any of those albums. You
1: just. So they, yeah, that's
3: <laughs> I one I wanted to shout out was the the new Nol album. They're like uh, sick, blackened oh, grindcore. Cool.
2: Yeah, they're Nol, fucking sick yeah, cool. Insta with,
1: with the like the Scandinavian layer in it. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That, yeah
3: they're really cool. They're,
2: great they're really cool. So. Uh, what about uh, your album of the year, Josh?
0: Um. I'm I'm always a little bit behind the curve. I'm sure there's stuff I still need to listen to, but I'd say the Love album was was definitely my favorite because I just love um, you know, metal bands that sort of fuse other genres and I think they really tapped into the sort of shoegaze, the new metal sort of sound. It's like there's so many different stuff on on that album and I I just really love it and well, they recently put out the um vinyl a uh, vinyl release of it and I immediately bought it because I just love it even though I'd already spent my vinyl allowance for the month. I just couldn't resist <laughs> yeah. getting that one as well because I just love it, but yeah.
2: Uh, what about thank you, I- Katie? Did you say yours?
3: I I can't pick one. Oh, Too okay. I really,
0: okay. I really enjoyed your album, by the way.
3: Oh, thank you. I appreciate yeah. that. put the sounds <laughs> at Edge creation.
2: That's my album of the year.
0: I appreciate that.
2: Uh, <laughs> uh, that's about all I had, unless you had something else I wanted to bring up. Uh can't
3: think of anything
2: <laughs> Okay, <laughs> okay. Was your, your favourite album of, of the year? My album so. of the year uh, I actually did a, uh, a uh, interview with Taylor Bates and Carson Pace talking about our albums of the year for last year uh, We ended up picking our top 10 and it ended up we talked about 28 different albums so it's insane what <laughs> came out last year uh, uh, Mine was uh, Memory Palace from The God Mars- Awful Truth Oh that was a sick
3: oh, one Yeah. Nice. yeah.
0: Did
3: Diamond yeah. Mars come out last year?
0: No, what was that that was 2018 i think oh damn right. I've,
3: I've lost
1: track
0: oh, uh, of time 2019
1: completely. this is very uncool this is very uncool but i really liked the last trivium album as well
3: oh about. oh i got my uh new bring me the horizon yeah so cool. good. good so good oh there was one other topic
2: that we needed to touch on um are y'all do you have any touring plans in motion or i know there's still like you know COVID and things, but, uh, are y'all working on anything right now?
3: Yeah, we're looking at stuff like early 2022, uh, I think oh, wow. we've got okay. something on the cards with, like, Palm Reader, uh, we've been chatting with Svalbard, um, is <laughs> obviously not finalized, uh, I think we're doing an anniversary gig for the album coming out, uh, oh, wow. on March 12th next year as well, so that'll be like, we'll actually yeah, get cool. to celebrate
0: the album then. We, yeah. If people can't wait, we do have a little live thing. I won't reveal too much until we announce it all properly, but we have something planned yeah, to, sort of tide, to tide yeah. everyone over. Yeah. So, so you're
2: trying to do anything at the end of the year or anything like that?
3: No, yeah. not yet. I think it, stuff might get pushed back. So, we're just like, we're, we'll take stuff when we're offered. But yeah, we're. Uh,
2: okay. I feel like yeah. uh, next year is really safe anyway. So, you know, next, next that will get like, you know, main... Yeah.
3: So There's just so much effort getting stuff cancelled over and over. Like we've had shows, a show that was booked for like May, and that's being pushed back like three times. <laughs> so, yeah. so. Uh, we were going to play with Pound. Um, do you know them? Like the, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Pound. Yeah. let uh, Yeah. the 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 um, Ryan. Like I listened to us and really liked us, and they were going to come over here. So maybe we'll do that at some point. Um, pound slap. So high.
2: Uh, oh yeah. So. Okay. Yeah. Well, the gig, uh, oh.
3: the
1: gig that Kate referenced there was um was what well, we might hopefully we get to play a show where there's a band from the UK called Cruelty. The, oh yeah, actually quite oh, like Yeah, them, yeah, Chris, yeah, right? yeah.
2: They're really good. They're really good. I'm actually trying to get yeah. them on the show. Right, yeah. yeah. So yeah. he he asked us. One of the
1: dudes in that band asked us to play. But I mean, the thing with that show is um, Cruelty were going to headline, and then you know, renounced. Have you heard of Renounced? They're like a UK. Uh, Sammy
3: from Employed Serves in Renounced as well. It's like his main band. Um, ah, they're, like serve, a, but...
1: they're like a kind of classic 2000s metalcore band. um mm-hmm. like Done really well. And they're like kind of big deal, but they were like supporting.
3: <laughs> yeah, I think it's because Cruelty on Church Road. And Church Road is Sammy and Justine from Employed Serves record label, so Sammy was like, I'll get renounced to play it. Uh, who, so else did, yeah.
1: who else did they slate for that show?
3: Do you remember?
0: There's a lot of hardcore it was yeah, very cool. hardcore. Yeah, let's
3: go and
1: play a hardcore.
0: Show
3: like, okay oh, so I'm scared yeah. of hardcore people. And I know it's fine. Too much karate. <laughs> uh, detourus V got my merch pre-order. New drop coming this winter. We've got another drop coming sooner than that, like in a month or two. uh But that'll just be a like limited run share We'll probably do something later on in the year, though. Like, it's not like that's it until our next album. I'm sure we'll come up with uh some stuff. We just want to make sure that like. What we're doing's cool, uh, and people be interested and want
0: it. So uh, Yeah, and everyone who's waiting, it will be on the way soon. We're just waiting on LPs, but um, I've got all the merch and I'm just waiting to post it all out. People waiting on bundles if they're watching this.
1: <laughs> a t- a shirt design that I want to get off the ground one day, hopefully, is um you know like the kill 'em all cover. I kind yeah. of want to do that, but like slice them all and then have like a sort of cape just like slicing something or
3: her like silhouette. <laughs>
1: yeah. <Okay. laughs> like end. But, yeah. So hopefully you
3: know. My only pushback on that is I don't like Metallica. <laughs> so
1: yes, it's me ruining everything.
3: We need to think of the meme.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's the meme. I, right, I kind of agree that with shirt, you, though. But... Metallica is very overrated.
0: <laughs> see we <we're>... <laughs> i <Phoenix. laughs> Josh does not
2: agree. <laughs> <laughs> Josh does not agree.
0: No.
2: <laughs> Yeah, I know
0: what you mean. They're, they are bigger than metal almost, so I know what you mean, but I, I love Metallica and I shan't have a w- bad word spoken about.
1: Honestly. I like Metallica. But I'm more... I'm more amazing. That's amazing.
3: I like Maiden a lot more. I like Maiden a lot. I like Megadeth a lot.
2: I don't like Slayer. No, really? That's my sacrilege. <laughs> <laughs> Raining, the bo- Raining Blood is sick. Did anyone, did anyone
1: ask us like cool questions that we totally like, haven't addressed at all? Like um, I don't really think so.
2: It's uh, just a lot of a lot of love the for the new album, man.
1: Well, anyway, I appreciate all of that, and we all do as a as a group. It's beautiful.
2: <laughs> so, if you'd like to get absolutely pummeled into oblivion, you should. Ju- uh, well, where was I? Yeah, you should. Oh my God, I totally messed this up. Let's do this again. If you'd like to get absolutely pummeled into oblivion, you need to drop what you're doing right now and check out Mirror's the debut album from Pupil Slicer. Uh, you guys are on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Bandcamp, as well as all the streaming platforms. I see you also got a YouTube channel that hasn't been updated in a bit. Hopefully, we're getting some playthroughs pretty soon.
3: Yeah, mind might be. I think we've got playthroughs on the card. So, yeah, we'll get content know. out. There's um, an old playthrough Yeah, I
1: have no beard. I look like a different person. Go <laughs>
3: Uh, do you have any other social
2: plugs that I missed?
3: Uh, we've got some of the... You can buy the vinyl and CD on Big Cartel. Oh, true. I um, don't know if you said that, but uh, that's not really a social. That's like...
2: No, no, no. yeah, yeah. yeah. We, need to, we need to plug that. It's like Prosthetic Records Big Cartel, or do y'all have one? No, it's
3: our one. It's pupilsizet.bigcartel.com. I don't think we're available on the Prosthetic website. I haven't checked, but I don't know. It's pupilsizet.bankcamp.com or dot BigCartel.com.
0: okay and just what we and just one more we do have a little bit of leftover merch from when we did a little drop with Mm. the first single um so we've got one beanie left and like two shirts so if anyone's really desperate for merch um and like them designs they're still if you go to our band camp and go on the merch we've got
3: three album shirts left as well just like an image of the
2: album cover on your shirt
3: no it's like we've got fancy we got designs commissioned i think they're pretty cool it's like glitchy i
1: think on a white t-shirt with like yeah. yeah we're
3: gonna i think we'll put the mirror do like an album cover thing at some point but
2: yeah as for me drop my channel follow so you always know when i go live you can also sub the access to the interviews before they hit youtube and uh streaming services as well as access to some exclusive emotes uh if you can find me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. YouTube, folks, if you like the video, please drop a like, uh, tickle notification bell, and don't forget to subscribe. It's a great way to support me for free. Check out my music, The Sound That Ends Creation, at thesoundthatendscreation.bandcamp.com. My next guest is Michigan-based post-hardcore band Youth Novel. Uh, join us this Wednesday, the 17th, at 7 p.m. Central, right here at twitch.tv slash the Casa uh, Thank you for being here, guys. Hope you all had a good time. Thanks.
3: I'm going to celebrate. I'll play out the... Uh Forty-third episode. with
2: <laughs> <laughs> Nice, nice, nice. <laughs> had to, it had to be. It,
0: had it had to, to be done. Be done. <laughs> and,
2: it's, uh, the, it's the mathcore number. It's the mathcore number. <laughs> math call number. Uh, and uh, thank you guys for watching and listening.